does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. See, this is what I'm talking about. Somebody just sent me a picture of a Little Kings sitting on their table. He said he got it from Ohio, though. No. Yes, that's the guy I just talked to. Pat did clear, clarify. He purchased at Dinner Bell, he says. He goes, a bit of a sketchy establishment. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, is that the name of the establishment or a liquor store? Uh, well, I guess both. Um, near Garfield Park. Uh, Lance joins us on the program before Alexander Rossi is set to join us. Hi, Lance. Good morning. Jake, it's Lance from Land Sharks back in the day, man. Lance, what is <laughs> Lance. going on, man? Hey, I pulled it up. It says they uh, got the little little King Scream Ale down at uh, Total Beer and Wine and Spirits. I, I'm telling one. you, man. Now, Lance, you've had. I mean, Lance, you're like a. You're one of these guys. Here you are. You were bouncing and brought up. Or you're this big, like burly looking dude that's Oof. actually the nicest guy on the planet. That was up for always having fun. I'm guessing you have had a little Kings before, right? Oh, I've had more than a few. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So, Total Wine, Lance. Hey, uh, hey, man, do you remember the Genesee Beer Wagon car back in the day? Yes. Um, they yeah. ran in, it, it ran in like 82, 83. I got to look up to see who was running it. I'm going to look up the 83 500. I'm sure it was there. Um, yeah, right here. Steve Chassis drove it in 83. Finished. That's what uh, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Genesee Beer Wagon. Hell yeah. 80, they ran a couple of years, but in 83, certainly Steve Chassis drove. So, Lance, sure. you got Little Kings in your fridge right now? No, man. <laughs> nah, I've, I've had them for a while, but yeah, Little cre- little Kings Cream Ale. <laughs> so, is it like Let's a Sun see. King Cream Ale? Like, would you compare it to that? No, I, I mean, would because not. Mark earlier uh, said it no, tasted no, like no, mayo. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> Lance is very emphatic that, no, it has nothing to do. Lance, good talking to you, man. Always a pleasure. All right, boss. All That's right, a, have a good one. That is man, my man, I Lance. To, I used to have some nights at Land Sharks. Land Sharks still open? Yeah. Rock Lobster, Land Sharks, the whole deal, right? Unbelievable. Uh, joining us now on the Payload Sickers Hotline, and I'm sure thrilled to be doing so this morning, a guy that yesterday gets the Workhorse Award. I think nobody turned in more laps yesterday than Alexander Rossi with his new team with Aero McLaren. And uh, let's get to the the brass tacks first for the 2016 Indianapolis 500 winner. Uh, Alexander Rossi, you have or have not in your life either heard of and or tried a Little King's beer? Yeah, no. On both accounts, you have not heard of and have not consumed? Correct. I have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds like a band. I I thought it sounded like a Christmas song, Alexander. So you and I are in the same boat. Well, thanks for joining us, Alexander. We wish you the best of luck in this year's race. Yeah, no. See you, man. No problem. (laughs) Hey, um, let's begin with this. I, it's it's interesting, and I thought it was yesterday. I was watching you, and you know, every time I'm looking down, you were out on track. You turned a ton of laps, and. I kind of thought about, and I'd mentioned earlier, you know, Dario Franchitti was always kind of the workhorse guy for Andretti that would try multiple setups. For you personally, when you're turning that number, that high a number of laps, do we read into that at all, or is that just looking over absolutely everything, or were you chasing something a little bit? Um, I I think the opposite of, of both. I think we were just happy um, and just 
wanted to go out and pound laps. Like we didn't have to go back to the garage to really make any big adjustments. Um, you know, there's, there's evaluations of these new aero components that IndyCar has brought um, to try and help make the show better come, come race day. Um, so I, there's a lot of analysis to still be done on that. So like, and they're pretty decent uh, changes. So all four cars were kind of in a slightly different configuration um, from an aero standpoint, which we will then spend the next kind of three days understanding um, so that when we come back for Monday, we're all on what we believe is, is the optimum package for obviously, you know, ultimate straight line performance, but also still being able to, to run next to the cars. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, the balance was good. The balance has been good all week. So we really haven't had to, to do much tuning to it. Alexander, I want to stick with yesterday here for just a second. I'm sitting there watching you and all of a sudden all the Ganassi cars go out and then you go out with them. And then for several laps, you're like running with them, you know, in traffic, passing, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, as a very novice fan, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Like, is that something planned? You're not a teammate of theirs, but clearly you're interacting with them out on the track. Could you kind of give us a little peek behind the curtain and how that went about and what you were trying to accomplish there? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the days of like secret team group runs that, you know, Andretti used to change the time every day have kind of gone out the window um, and everyone kind of wants to run with everyone. So we were, um, you know, our pit boxes are directly behind them. Um, none of my teammates at the time were ready to do a group run. We saw that Ganassi was. Um, you know, they're obviously, at the moment, um, for the past couple of years, they've been the benchmark. Uh, so it was good for us to, to, A, just, you know, we would have taken really any cars to run with. But, you know, if you can go with the defending race winners and such and see, you know, where you're better or weaker, um, you're going to take that opportunity. Aaron McLaren's got, obviously, and Alexander Rossi's our guest on the Palo Seekers Hotline. Uh, Alex, you've got Felix Rosenquist, Tony Kanaan, Pata Award, so you've got you know multiple cars within the team. For qualifying itself, at any point do you guys individually say, okay, this is how I want my car set up and this is what feels good for me. My driving style is, let's say, different than Felix's or Tony's or, you know, or Pato's or whatever it may be. How individualized is it specifically to your car, or do you, in fact, as a team in qualifying, try like four different setups to see exactly what works in the condition of the day and then bring it all back in together collectively, if that makes sense what I'm asking? Yeah, no, it's a fair question. I think today you're going to see a little bit of that, but ultimately, so qualifying is all about, you know, obviously it's a four-lap average. Um, and you want to try and, and be, well, you have to be flat for the four laps, but you want to be just barely flat, like by the end of the run. If it's, if the four laps are easy, then you carry too much downforce and you probably gave up some, some performance. If you have to start lifting on lap four, then for obvious reasons, you're slow. Um, so, but what that means is as, as you take downforce off, right? And you go quicker, the weak area of the car gets worse. So for example, if you've got a, a, a front end that has understeer or, or doesn't want to turn or isn't very sharp and a driver struggles with that, the more downforce that you take off to try and, you know, keep up with what you need to do to, you know, contend for pull, the worse and worse that understeer is going to get. So 
everyone is going to, you know, you start, you start the day today with everyone's going to be happy. You turn the boost up, you run a decent chunk of downforce and it's easy. And then you take your first trim step. And that's when deviations start to happen um, across cars because certain guys are more sensitive to the balance changes that come with trimming. And then you'll get to a point where some guys get stuck. Like they can only trim to level X or sorry, level D. And then your teammate who's happier with the balance can trim to level F, right? So it's, it's really, not only are you taking downforce off to try and go faster, but you have to keep adjusting the car because as you're taking away that grip, you know, it's it's getting harder and harder to, to just be happy with the car. I don't know if that makes sense. But. Well, has it been an adjustment? It does make sense. Um, and you're with the new team this year. And, and certainly, you know, I've seen on social media and other such things, not to say this wasn't the case with the guys that you had at Andretti, but you seem to really be relaxed. You guys, all all of you, Pata Award, Felix Rosenquist, you know, Kanan working with you guys this month, but – it just seems to be a group that, that is gelling and you have fun and maybe now that's translating onto the track. But in terms of Andretti, where you had success, you won the Indy 500 as a rookie. Was it just time for a change? Was it the opportunity at, at, at Arrow McLaren? What led to the change for Alexander Rossi? Uh, all of the above. You know, I think that there was, um, you know, a lot of a lot of great things that, that we accomplished um, at Andretti. I have lifelong friends there. I still am, am very close with some of my mechanics, my old engineer there. The Andretti family is is very close to me, from Michael to Marco to Marissa. Um, everyone there, you know, we it, it all ended on good terms. Um, but the, and the reason for that, I think, is because you know the last three years didn't meet anyone's expectations. You know, when we when we did the, the renewal uh, in the middle of 2019 for three years, you know, we were coming off the back of, of two championship years. You know, we were in the fight for the championship until the last race. Um, 2020 came, obviously the whole world got thrown for a loop. And I think Andretti was a little bit uh, caught out with the addition of the aero screen for a period of time. And then in 2021, you know, we, we really were aggressive and tried to regain everything that we fell behind in 2020. And that led to a lot of mistakes um, on my side, uh, on the team side. And it was just a, a terrible year, actually. And then 22, you know, we kind of reverted back to, to having a, a semi-decent year. Um, but really, when, when the conversation came up with Michael um, and AutoNation and, and everyone to, to look at going forward, it, it it was just like, yeah, that's a, that's a great opportunity, obviously, but for whatever reason, this isn't working, um, and that was really the crux of the of the decision. Um, you know, Errol McLaren, um, you know, was going to add a third car. They had the availability. They were they were very interested in, in having me join the team. Um, so it all kind of just the the stars aligned, and you know, when you look at the the trajectory that. Errol McLaren has been on for the past couple of years, you know, it's been, it's been exponential, you know, every single year that are getting stronger and stronger and the runway that they have ahead of them in terms of, you know, McLaren racing um, now having full involvement and control over the IndyCar team, what that means in terms of the, the resources that are available, the people, um, the, the kind of experience, 
experience, the knowledge base, the the diversity across all the different platforms of, of motorsports that we have access to. It means that there's so much performance is still yet to come. Um, so all of that was very, very exciting. And, um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate to have this opportunity, and I just uh, love being able to represent McLaren and, and Papaya. He's Alexander Rossi, um, obviously the winner of the 100th and five times been in the top seven. Certainly you've proven, uh, arguably I think more than anybody else in the field, your ability to slice and dice your way through the field is quite possible. Uh, given that, though, as you look to quals this weekend, how far back is too far back? Or do you even know that just yet? Uh, it's not. I mean, you'll, you'll figure it out. It's, it's a long race. I mean, you – it's not. Quite, quite frankly, um, you know, I started 32nd. I started 25th. Both those days ended in top fives. Um, I guess I is there a comfort second. level, like yeah. after the first four rows, something like that? No, I don't. I mean, it's cool. It's cool to be in the fast nine shootout or fast six now, fast 12. I don't know. It's cool to be in one of those shootouts. Um, but ultimately, you know, this race is, is so long. There's so many variables. There's it's the one race you go into, believe it or not, even though it's the biggest race in the world, it's the most important race for all teams and drivers. Like, there is no strategy. Like, it's impossible to, like, you go to the strategy meeting, and you're like, well, this is how long we can go on fuel at, at full rich. This is how long we think we could stretch it if we leaned out the motor. And then it's like, we'll see what happens. So I, you, you, you can – you can really win from anywhere. That's not a cliche. I, I truly believe that. Well, especially considering you you won the race by going 105 laps on one fuel load, right? I mean, very impressive. I mean, you you know you're going 55 miles an hour and you win the race, right? A little well, exaggeration. Yeah, I mean, you could just get out and walk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you? Last question for me, Alex. Do you ever? Alexander Rossi's our guest. You know, one of the things that that from a broadcast standpoint, I will readily admit, it is not our job to have rooting interests. But you still get excited as a broadcaster when you see something that, that makes your eyes pop. And there have been restarts from you that are Oof. scintillating. I, I mean, you go on the outside and you pass eight or nine cars and you think like, holy cow, you can't put a, a credit card between your right side rubber and the wall itself. Do you ever look at replays of those and actually think to yourself, I don't even necessarily recall doing that, but that's unbelievable? Or do you go, yeah, okay, I did that. That's cool. Um. No, I no, I no. I don't really watch races back. I probably should. Watching the the new CW Hundred Days to Indy show, I realized that Joseph Newgarden watches races back with a notepad and takes notes of what everyone's doing. So maybe that's where I've been going wrong. Um, but no, man, like I, I just love driving race cars. I love the opportunity to to race an Indy Five Hundred. You know, every single time that we take the green flag for that, like I just have. Uh, so much excitement and, and joy in taking part of it. And so when the opportunity presents itself to uh, try and, and get the best result possible, whether that's on a restart or um, through some sequence or whatever, like it's just, it's, you're just having fun out there. Um, and that's, that's really all that it boils down to for me. The entertainment value is always through the roof when your eyes are on Alexander Rossi at the 500. That car certainly popping as well out there at practice yesterday. That is a great-looking car that you're in. Coming up here a week from Sunday. Good luck today, Fast Friday. Same thing for this weekend. And, of course, a week from Sunday, Alexander. Thank you for the time this morning. No worries. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.